0: I'm just so honored to be here. I love your pastors so much. How much do you love Pastor Gary and his sweet wife? We just, we are so thankful. Now now listen, that would be okay, but the Bible said that this man right here is worthy of double honor. So let me ask you, how much do you love Pastor Gary and Pastor Kim? We love them so much. They're my brother and my sister, we're family. I always feel like I'm coming home when I come to Jacksonville. I've been coming here for almost 25 years. I started here when I was 10 years old, and it's been so powerful. But it's it's amazing to be back. I have a word for tonight. It's time for radical recovery. How many of you are ready for a season of radical recovery? To just get back anything the enemy stole from you? So I'm here on assignment. You by live stream. Just follow along with me. I'm looking at 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I'm going to read verse 1. I promise not to preach very long. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, sure. (laughs) How about just till I get through? How about that? All right, verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken captive the women and all those who were there. This was David's military base of operation. He had his family and everything he possessed there, and so did his men. He said they took everything from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahim the Jezreelite and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Can you imagine? Because the soul of the people was so grieved and every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, Elimelech's son, please bring me the ephod, bring it here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake him? And he answered, the Lord said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Who's ready for a recover all season? I mean a radical recovery. Now look at verse 16. And when he brought him down, there they were. These Amalekites were spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them. From the twilight until the eve of the evening till the next day. How many of y'all know he towed him up? Can I get a witness? He didn't tear him up. He towed him up. Can I get a witness? Not a man of them escaped except for four hundred young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered most. That. So David recovered part. So David recovered almost all. How much did David recover? Are there any recover all people in the house today? All that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great or sons or daughters or spoils or anything which had been taken from them. David recovered all. Hallelujah. Then David took all the flocks and the herds and that they had driven before those and, and the other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. What does that mean? That means David got back more than what he lost. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines. I want it all back and then some. I dare you to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I want it all back and then some i want the devil to regret the day that he ever messed with my family i want the devil to regret the day that he ever attacked me because i'm not just getting back what i lost this is radical recovery that means i'm getting back more than what i lost i dare you right now before i even unpack this word give god praise that he is an exceeding abundant above so slip up your hands precious father we love you and we thank you Now help me preach in a way that will give your name all the glory. We declare that this is Evangel Temple season. Pastor Gary and this whole family, this is their season of radical recovery. If you want it all back and then some, come on, give the Lord a mighty praise in here tonight. All right, you can be seated. I, I love this text because the Bible said that David recovered all And he took the flocks and the herds and everything that the enemy had stolen. And then he got more than what he lost. And it said, this was David's spoil. I don't know about you. I'm I'm very interested in radical recovery. I want to get everything back that the enemy stole. But see, when God is involved in it, not only do you get back what the enemy stole from you, you march into hell's kitchen and take back just more than what you lost so i want to just unpack this if you're ready somebody say "I'm i'm ready all right number one the Amalekites surprised the city when it was left unguarded how many of you understand this statement tonight do you understand that when you got saved you not only got peace you got war okay i got three of you that understood that how many of you know that when you got saved not only did you get peace you got war The moment that you decided to follow Jesus, that's when the devil said, they're on my hit list. I'm after them. But when you know who you are, no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. When it's all said and done, you will walk in victory. In the beginning of this chapter, we find that David and his men, had been away from their military base, their home of operations, and it's this place called Ziglag. and in Ziglag, his wives and his children had been staying there, and while he was gone, the Amalekites came and stole everything, stole David's family, stole all of his mighty men's family, Stole all their possessions and left them with nothing. And here they are at Ziglag. Now, if you take the word Ziglag, that's the name of the town that they were in. Zig means winding. It means wondering. Have you ever had seasons in your life that seemed like you were winding and you were wondering? You said, God, why am, am I going here? And why am I going there? And why am I dealing with this? And why am I dealing with that? Can I talk to real people? Have you ever had times in your life where it just seemed like you were wondering from one issue to the next, one situation to the next, and it seems like the enemy he was going to have the last laugh in your life. But see, God is not through with you and your situation and your family. God is at work. But see, the Bible said that they t- came and took and attacked the city and took the people, took the resources when Ziglag was left unguarded. That's when the Amalekites came and brought havoc because the city was unguarded and the enemy had a cakewalk. Now I'm going to tell you that anything you leave unguarded is an invitation to the devil to come and take it. The city was left unguarded, and I want to tell you that that's how the devil works. Anything you don't guard, he'll steal it and take it, because your misery is his policy. The Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear headed, because anything you leave unguarded is an invitation to the enemy. So I'm telling you, guard your life. God. Your children, God, your family, God, your virtue, God, your marriage. Now listen, I'm a I'm a peaceful man, but if you break into my house to try to hurt my family, my daughters, my son, or my wife, I'm gonna pray for you because you're gonna need it after I shoot you. Can I get a witness? Oh y'all, that too much. Can I come back still? If you break into my house, you're going to need prayer. You know why? Because can't just anybody come into my house because Big Daddy's in the house because i'm going to guard everything in my house and the devil is sadly mistaken if he thinks he's going to have a cake walk here at evangel temple there are some people that have made up their mind that have said devil you can't have my joy you can't have my healing you can't have my family you can't have my children you can't have revival is there anybody ready to stand guard if that's you one two three give the lord a mighty praise married folks guard your marriage guard your children come on now guard your attitude guard the unity in the church come on guard revival guard it stand guard over it how do you guard it you guard it by being faithful you guard it with prayer you guard it through believing in the lord hear me now we cannot sign a non-aggression pact with the devil how many of you understand what i'm saying we can't try to make peace with the devil you can't make peace with the devil I've watched so many church leaders, and I don't want to be critical, but I will be transparent, who've compromised so much over the last years, so much about biblical preaching and biblical truth. And I've seen these preachers draw a line in the sand and say, devil, if you cross that line, you're in trouble. And the devil crosses it. And then they draw another line and say, devil, if you cross that line, you're in trouble. And then he crosses it. Then they draw another line and say, devil, if you cross that line, you're in trouble. No, what we need is a generation that will rise up draw a line in the sand and cross it yourself and say devil i'm coming in to tell you that you don't get the last word about my son you don't get the last word about my daughter you don't get the last word about my purpose you don't get the last word about my my future you don't get the last word somebody give god a praise if you're ready to let the enemy know this is war That's why you can't grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. That's what happens when you wait. I said, that's what happens when you wait. I said, that's what happens when you wait. Some of y'all think it's a matter of money. It's not a matter of money. Some of you think it's a matter of the skill. It's not a matter of skill. Some of you think it's a matter of an open door. It's not a matter of an open door. Some of you think it's a matter of strength. It's not a matter of strength. Baby, what it is, it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time. I believe until Jesus sweeps into this thing and turns people's situations around. Is there anybody ready? So if I could tell you anything tonight, this time I'm spending with you, I would say guard everything that you're supposed to guard. Because the second reality was this. They they were so wounded. They were so overwhelmed that the Bible says that they wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever been there, number two? Have you ever wept until you were wept out? Where are real people at tonight? Have you ever cried until you didn't have any tears left? Have you ever wept so much it seemed like your tear ducts went dry? Your heart was still broken? But you couldn't even find the tears anymore. The Bible said in verse 4, Then David and the people, all the people that were with him, lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, what I see in this text is something very powerful. David is the greatest warrior of his generation. Many people say he was probably six feet, nine inches tall. He was a man's man. He was a warrior. He was fearless, but he still wept. What are you trying to tell me, preacher? I'm trying to tell you that even warriors weep. Even warriors have time where it seems like we're overwhelmed. Can I talk to you tonight? Even warriors, people of faith have time when the journey gets so intense and the problems become so perplexing and the mountains become so high that in and of ourselves, we don't even know what to do. And in that moment, David said, I can't fix this. I can't shift this. I can't change this. God. I gotta have some help aren't you glad that every time that you needed God to help you in your most desperate days he came through for you even warriors weep sometimes tears have a language all their own I remember there's a family Pastor Gary you'd remember you and Kim the, the, the Tennyson's remember Martha Tennyson in Kentucky years ago they had sent a bus of kids to a theme park in the Kentucky area, and a drunk driver hit them, hit that bus of, those, of their kids, their young people. They were great pastors in Kentucky. They had one son, I believe his name was Dale. When that bus hit, it killed so many of those kids, it killed the driver. And, and they, back, this was before we had cell phones and we could communicate and find out what was going on. And they called and said, there's been a horrible accident and there's many deaths. They had one son who was on that bus. And I remember Mrs. Tennyson told us, she said, listen, I told my husband, she said, everything we have is on that bus. By that time, they had a great big church. They had facilities. They had resources. But in that moment, she said everything. we have is on that bus. Thankfully, God protected their son. But I'm trying to tell you tonight, there comes a moment in your life where it ain't about money, it ain't about cars, it ain't about resources, it ain't about things. The devil will make it personal. He'll come after your family, he'll come after your husband, he'll come after your children, he'll come after your son, he'll come after your daughter, and that's when the, the violent, take it by force, and say devil you are a liar I'm weeping but I'm still fighting I'm crying but I'm still fighting I'm weeping but I still know that God is on my side even warriors weep I wish precious now that I've gotten older I've kind of become more of a father than a brother how many of you understand that and I'm cool with that I like it a lot. I wish I could insulate everybody here tonight. Those of you online, I wish I could insulate you from trouble. But the truth is, trouble comes to all of us. But here's what the devil doesn't want you to know. Trouble don't last always. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody's about to come through a season that you've been in, and you're going to see the faithfulness of God. I dare you to give God a praise right now if you believe it. This might be you. If it ain't you, praise for somebody in the room. Come on. Now, here it is. The Bible says in verse 6 that David was greatly distressed. Can you imagine? You come home from work, find your whole family carried off, and your house is in smoldering ashes. And about the time you think it can't get worse, it does. You ever been there? You ever have been in seasons in your life where it seemed like the devil was throwing everything at you except the kitchen sink? Just one issue, another issue, another issue. Everything but the kitchen sink, and then you turn and look, and there comes the sink. Can I get a witness? (laughs) David was greatly distressed. It didn't seem like it could go any worse, but hear the rest of the text. It gets worse. He said, for the people spake of stoning him. Ain't that just like church folk? Come on, y'all. I mean, not at evangel. They're all at Calvary. Come on. But, but the people's fake of stoning him to add insult to injury. David not only lost everything, but those who loved him, who should have loved him and stuck by him, abandoned him. The very people that he had given place to. The very people that he had given opportunity to, an opportunity to connect. These very people were the ones who spake of stoning him. See, sometimes people who should have your back are actually the ones who stab you in the back. Okay, I'm going to finish this up, but I know this is intense. I've had people that I trusted, people that I believed in, people that I thought, man, they have my back in ministry, they have my back, and then when it was all said and done, they turned on me and they stabbed me in the back. But let me tell you something, they were never my source anyway. They were never my strength anyway. They were never my anointing anyway. They were never my power anyway. bring it into perspective that God is still with me and if he's with me I got a feeling everything is gonna be all right there'll be seasons when people will hurt you that shouldn't hurt you those closest to him went on the attack and hear me there's a lesson here precious for the body of Christ We're not at war with each other. We have to stay unified. In this season, there's been stress and problems and pandemics and issues, and the enemy has done everything he can to bring division in church and in churches across the nation. But I'm telling you, we are not going to turn on one another. We are going to stick together, and we're going to let hell know we're more dangerous than we've ever been because we are sticking together. Now hear me beloved. The Bible said in Matthew 12:25 every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Truth is I can't do this without you and you can't do this without me. We need each other. We need to stand together. Pastors need to stop competing. Come on, if a preacher's watching me tonight, we are not called to compete. We're called to complete. Can I get a witness in the house? Come on. We've got to stop generational competition between church leaders where the older leaders are competing with the younger leaders. Let me tell you something. Younger leaders aren't, if I'm not talking to an older preacher tonight, let me tell you, brother, I love you in Jesus' name, but these young preachers and these young ministers, they are not your competition. They are your legacy. Ah! So put everything you can in them. Give them everything you can give them. Empower them with everything you can empower them with because the only person we're in competition with is a lying, stinking, no good devil. And in the end, we will overcome him together. Somebody give God a 10-second praise break right there. So here it is. David is in this impossible situation. Everything's been stolen from him. Hey, think about that. Family gone. His chicken is gone. Listen, you steal my chicken. I'm going to fight with you. Can I get a witness? Everything that was precious to him was stolen, and he was greatly distressed. But here's the third thing I want to tell you. But David, the Bible said in verse 6, encouraged himself in the Lord. Oh, let me get right there tonight. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord God, Lord his God. I don't miss the end of verse 6. Even though David had been distressed and the people were against him, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes, church, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. Sometimes you got to learn to tell yourself, look in the mirror and say, don't worry, it's going to be all right. God is on your side. David was distressed, but he, he he encouraged himself. Distress means this, it means to be in a narrow place in the, in the original text of the Hebrew. It means to be in a cramped situation. Have you ever had times in your life where you felt like you were in a cramped situation, where you felt like you were in a narrow? place and you didn't know what to do come on can I talk to real folk tonight where the pressure was on you on every side David said I was in a narrow place I was in a cramped situation listen in Psalms 18 he addressed the situation like this and he said I called upon the Lord in distress in a cramped situation in a situation of pressure he said I was in a narrow place he said but I called upon the Lord in distress and The Lord answered me and he set me in a large place. There's healing in the large place. There's breakthrough in the large place. There's a new season in the large place. God's about to turn somebody's narrow place into a large place. Don't give up. Glory to God, I'm gonna run down there and amen myself. I said, don't give up. Give God a mighty praise if you're not gonna give up so what was the key factor in that scripture not that the people were out to get him there's always going to be somebody out to get you the key is David encouraged himself in the Lord sometimes you just got to look in the mirror smile at yourself say you're looking good today you're looking skinny you're losing weight. Oh, you got more hair. I don't know how that happened. You're looking good. You're going to make it. See, sometimes you got to lay hands on yourself. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Sometimes you got to lay hands on yourself. Sometimes you got to rock yourself to sleep. Sometimes you got to let the devil know, listen, you may be attacking, but I am a child of the most high God and anything he put in my purpose is going to come to pass and nothing you can do can assassinate ultimately my assignment. Encourage yourself. How many of you got some things you're believing for right now? Come on, think breakthrough. You know, one of the best ways to encourage yourself is to give God praise. So I want you to stop right now before I try to tie this message up and give God a little praise and encourage yourself. Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do to praise him, just praise him right now and encourage. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So so if... Thank you. So if I, if I come tonight for anything, I come to tell you, encourage yourself. Stop depending on your mother-in-law and your sister-in-law and the in-laws and the outlaws. Come on, somebody. Encourage yourself. Be like David. In spite of what you hear, in spite of what you see, in spite of what it looks like, encourage yourself. But here is the caveat that makes this text complete. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That's what he said in verse 6. Not in his circumstance, not in his situation, not in what he had, not in his possessions, not in his ability. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He He had to do a rewind and remember when he was a shepherd in the field and he faced a nine-foot-nine-tall Goliath, but the Lord gave him victory over that giant. He had to remind himself how many times he had overcome the attack of the Philistines, how he had survived the attack of Saul, and he knew that if God done it before, God could do it again. So David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God because he did that he was poised for breakthrough in spite of all that David had lost he still had God and since he still had God he still had hope tell your neighbor it's gonna be all right if you still got God you still got hope I want to tell you tonight as big as whatever it is you're facing is it's not bigger than Jesus I'll say that again. As big as it is, it's not bigger than Jesus. As as powerful as it is, it is, it's not more powerful than Jesus. As strong as it is, it's not stronger than J-E-S-U-S. Hallelujah. Listen, nothing can stop El Shaddai. Do you know what El Shaddai means? More than enough. How many of y'all know that Jesus is not just enough? He is more than enough. So David encouraged himself. And then the fourth thing, I've only got 27 points tonight. Come on. No, I'm kidding, will you? The Bible said David and prayed then. He inquired of the Lord. He was at his wit's end, number four, but he wasn't at his faith's end. Look at verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him and said, Pursue. For you will surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. I don't know if you like that part, but I like that part a lot. He said, pursue and overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Now, what you need to see in this text is this. The Bible said that David inquired of the Lord. He said, Lord, I want to know what your agenda is. I want to know what your plan is. Unless you tell me to go, I'm not going. But if you tell me to go, I'm not staying whatever your plan is, that's what I desire. He inquired of the Lord. If we have ever needed the agenda of heaven in the church, we need it today. If we have ever needed God's direction, we need it today. If we've ever needed a supernatural strategy to bring the harvest of America for souls and revival, we need it today. But I've come to let you know the devil is a liar. God is not quiet. God has an agenda. How many of you believe that god has an agenda for your life well we're the radical people i said how many of you believe that god has an agenda for your life and since god has an agenda you need to inquire of the lord david said listen this is bigger than me it's time to pray see any strategy for recovery has got to begin with prayer Prayer is not just a waste of time. It's not just a religious duty. When you pray, you draw nigh to God, and God draws near to you. Strategy must begin with prayer. I'm telling you, I want to pray until mountains move. I want to pray until seasons shift. I want to pray until COVID is run out of America and rebuked from planet Earth. I want to pray till sick folk get healed. I want to pray until cancer dries up. I want to pray until marriages are restored. Lord. Psalms, Isaiah 38, 5 said, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I love that God doesn't ignore his people when they pray. Now watch this. If I'm being honest with you tonight, I am a product of prayer. I would not be on this stage without prayer. I grew up on the north side of Jacksonville. Come on, y'all. I'm reminded some of you what you forgot. I went to Andrew Jackson High School. Come on. My dad pastored on Pearl Street. Y'all know I was born in the country, but I was raised in the hood. Can I get a witness? That means I'm a hood neck. Come on, y'all. I mean, I'm saved, but I am uh, but I was raised in the hood that means pray with me don't play with me can I get a witness that's what that means it means pray with me don't play with me but the reality is I got so far away from God for a season Pastor Gary I got so far away from the things of God and listen I knew I had a call of God on my life. Everybody that knew me knew I had a call of God on my life. But I said, I'm not following that call. I'm going to be successful. Back up in here, we drove by it today. There used to be something up here called the Normandy Mall. And it's something else now. I don't know what it is now. But it was the Normandy Mall. I'm 20 years old. I got a jewelry store in there. And I'm running a jewelry store, and I'm trying to get rich. And I've got plans and I'm selling insurance and I'm buying jewelry stores and 20 years old and I'm, I'm managing clothing stores and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to get wealthy. And I, I used to come up to our church to see my dad there in on Pearl Street and there was an African-American woman who was truly a mother in the Lord to me. She was Sister Russell and she prayed for me like nobody else prayed prayed for me in my whole life up to that point. She prayed for me every day. She called my purpose out of me every day. And they would always have a Tuesday morning prayer meeting with the old saints of the church and Mother Russell led it. And it was like any time I walked on the property... If Mother Russell was there Tuesday morning prayer, it's like the Holy Ghost said, okay, now he's here. And she would poke her head out the door and I couldn't even walk up to go to my dad's office without Mother Russell saying, hey, Jimmy Rayleigh, get in here. Mama wants to pray for you. Well, that day, man, I remember I walked in there and there was a so-called prophet, liar, prophet liar, prophesier, prophet, liar, something like that. Come on now. And the woman was there and Mother Russell, I remember Mother Russell was giving her the side eye. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, mm. And the woman came up to me and said, I got a word for you. Said, I'm gonna prophesy over you. I said, Oh my Lord. She said, I see money all around you. I said, Prophesy, woman. She said, You're gonna be a great businessman. Mother Russell goes, He's gonna preach the gospel. She said, You're gonna own businesses around the world. He's gonna preach the gospel. You're gonna be consumed with being a multimillionaire and you're gonna see money come to you from every situation. Mother Russell goes, He's gonna preach. The gospel. And I look at her and I say, Mother Russell, would you please be kind and let this woman prophesy? Come on. But let me tell you, when it was all said and done, I'm not a businessman traveling the world trying to make money. I am a child of the living God because prayer works. I said, Prayer works. I said, Prayer works. I need to hear from the people in this room who know that you are a product of prayer. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say you can just sit there, holler at them, say you can just sit there, but I gotta give God praise because I'm a product of prayer. If you're a product of prayer, give God a praise. So, I look at my life. (laughs) She said, you're going to travel all over the world making money. You're going to be a businessman. I'll tell you the business I'm in. I'm in the king's business. (laughs) Hallelujah. Here's the deal. Hear it plainly. David got a word from the Lord. And I want to tell you this. Don't go into the enemy's camp without a word from the Lord. That's free right there. Because you got to know what battle is your battle. And you got to know what fight is your fight. Because when you fight and you, and you war and you come against the enemy, if God has sent you into that fight, there ain't no way you can lose. Hallelujah. Now, number five, the Bible said he called on the Lord, he inquired of the Lord, and God answered him. And here's what he said. Remember the text. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail. Not maybe, not probably, not perhaps, but without fail. I came to evangel tonight. on Halloween night to ring hell's bells and let the devil know that we are about to step into a without fail season. We're going to find a God that is faithful, a God that does what he says he can do, a God that makes his promises and keeps them. Somebody shout without fail. Without fail do what? Recover all. Oh, that blesses my soul so much. Here's what the Lord said three things to David. He said, Number one, he said, Pursue. Now, in the word pursue in the Hebrew, it means to chase after, it means to run after, it means to dog. (laughs) Tell us about on your road. Come on, dog. Yeah. Oh, y'all too religious. It means to dog. How many of you are tired of the devil dogging you? You're tired of him dogging your family. The Lord said, I'm going to give you the power to dog the devil. And when you dog somebody, you're telling them, honey, you don't have any power over my life. You stay tenacious. He said, pursue. Now, check this out. He didn't stop there. He said, pursue. What's this? He said, you will surely overtake them not maybe not or probably not perhaps he said you will surely overtake them just point at somebody in your neighborhood and say you will surely overtake them oh I don't know if they they believed you just point at, at everybody else somebody else around you say you will surely overtake them how about this? Put it yourself and say you will surely overtake them. Oh, come on, church. You know what? If you reverse the, the word overtake, you know what that word becomes? It becomes takeover. And I've come to tell you it's time to take over. Take over and have some joy. Take over and have some victory. Where are the takeover people at? Are there any takeover folks at Evangel? He said, pursue and overtake and without fail, here's what you're going to do, recover all. Now, to overtake them means this. It means you're gonna have more than enough. He's El Shaddai, not just enough. Come on, he El Shaddai means more than enough. So that means we're entering into a more than enough season. That's an anointing in the Bible that I've taught here before, it's called the Belil anointing. The Belial anointing means the anointing that provides more than enough. Is there anybody in the Hebrew, it's the word Belial. Who's ready to receive a Belial anointing and have more than enough joy, power, peace, healing, strength? He said you pursue them, overtake them, and without fail, watch this, recover all. Rescue, that's what it means. Regain, Pastor Gary, that's what it means. Restore. This is a time of recovery. The enemy has been working. The enemy has been strategizing. The enemy has been attacking. But I am rising to tell churches now that I go and preach in and pastors' conferences that I preach. And I'm here home tonight at Evangel to tell you that this is a time of recovery. We're through losing ground. We're through losing people. We're through losing sleep. It's time to recover. Now, don't miss this. The Bible said that David, in verse 6, attacked them from one evening to the next. Huh? Then David attacked them from the twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. Now, here's where it gets good. And nothing of theirs was lacking. He got it all back tell your neighbor i'm getting it all back yeah everything the enemy tried to steal from y'all don't make me take my shoe off and throw it at you and hit you in the head and have a healing service come on i tell your neighbor say i'm getting it all back yeah you holler at somebody across the aisle say hey i'm getting it all back Yet nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great. I'm not just getting the big things back. I'm getting the little things back. I'm not just getting the small stuff back. I'm getting the big stuff back. Sons and daughters and spoil and anything that they had taken from them, David recovered all. He, hear me now. Devil, I want you to hear Jim Rayley and hear Evangel Temple tonight. This is our season to recover all. and Not just the big stuff, all of it. The small stuff. Not just the small stuff, but the big stuff. Are there any recover all people here tonight? Hallelujah. Who's ready for all? All. The Bible says, then David took all the flocks. I feel like preaching. That old Pentecostal (laughs) way. Sometimes that gets on me and my voice starts shaking a little bit. Y'all know uh, the preachers in the old days, they used to preach like this right here. I feel that kind of head rocking, cancer rebuking, real deal, marriage restoring, mind blowing, crack delivering anointing in here. That's going to give you the power to go into the enemy's camp and recover Oh, Then David... Then David, after he survived the process, he didn't like it, but God gave him strength to survive it. And God showed off when it was all said and done. How many are ready for God to show off in your life? Then David took all the flocks and the herds that they had driven, those other livestock, the flocks, the chickens. See, God will give you your chicken back. Come on. The herds and everything else that had been driven before those, the other livestock. Okay. And David said, this is David's spoil. In other words, not only did David get back his flocks and his herds and his livestock. But he took the enemy's flocks and the enemy's herds and the enemy's livestock, and he said, this is the spoil. Can I make an announcement tonight? Here is a public service announcement. People of God, you are not going to just get back what you lost. You're going to get back more than what you lost. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. Holler at him, say, neighbor, I'm getting it all back. And then some. If that's you, come on, musicians, give the Lord a crazy praise in here. I guess, I guess, stand up, everybody. Hey, hey, uh, if you believe that God can give you everything back, see, the devil thinks you're going to quit, you're going to cry, you're going to give up, you're going to throw a pity party, be depressed, feel sorry for yourself. But the devil is sadly mistaken. He thinks you're going to throw ashes in the air. He thinks you're going to quit. He thinks you're going to whine. He don't understand that you're about to receive a new anointing and you're going to recover all and then some. If that's you, jump on your feet and give God a mighty praise right now come on church I need some musicians up here come on let's give God a praise now check this out check this out I'm, I'm here tonight to tell you precious I've been on like I said a relentless preaching tour it's been from here to there to everywhere anybody of y'all who follow me on social media. Know that it's been intense. The demands have been great in this season. But God always gives us strength, doesn't he? Now, I'm in a place in my life now where I'm not just looking for a stage or an opportunity. I'm blessed with a wonderful church. I'm blessed with great friends like Pastor Gary. Listen, I've loved him so long. I remember when I was a little baby, I'd come and sit on my grandma's lap and listen to him preach. It was... No... They're they're my family. I think I've been preaching here, Pastor Gary, for for 20, almost 25 years. You know, what was funny. I was full-time on the road, and I was traveling. I wasn't pastoring back in them days. And uh, Pastor Wiggins, your dad, he never had me. He never had me, not one time. When I started pastoring, he said, come on, I want you to come preach for me. I don't know what that was, but thank God. 25 years later, here we are. I'm not just looking for a place to preach anymore. I'm looking for an opportunity to impart. I want to release something, Kim. That's where I'm at in my life now. I've got too much going just to be here, just to be here, just to be a conference speaker, just to run to this meeting or that meeting. I'm at a place in my life where when I walk in the room, come on, just play. I need all musicians. Come on, y'all get behind me. When, when when i walk into a place i want to make an impartation now you say well pastor Ellie, i don't believe in impartation well then you don't believe your bible because 19 times in the bible we read about impartation remember what paul told the roman church he said i want to come to you because i want to impart to you some spiritual gift come on now paul told timothy he said stir up the gift that's in you that you received when i laid hands on you And as i was coming over here tonight i was thinking about this task this opportunity this responsibility this open door to preach to people that i have loved now for almost a quarter of a century that i've been blessed and honored to see many of you man you started out as kids and now you're married and you got kids of your own and you were kids in in kids church when i came here to preach my responsibility and opportunity tonight is this is to release in your life a recover all and then some season and i just feel like there are some of you here that are ready to recover all and then some let me hear from the people who are ready to recover all and then some oh hallelujah hallelujah anybody ready to recover all are you ready If you're ready for that season, we're going to close right here in the front. I want 100% of you that will come. Get up here right now because God's about to release a recover all season. Come on, let's come down here. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you're not going to just get your joy back. You're gonna get more joy than you ever had you're not just gonna get your hope back you're gonna get back more hope than you ever had you're not just gonna get your health back you're going to get more health back than you ever had you're not just gonna get your peace back you're gonna get more peace back than you ever had and this will be the spoil in the name of jesus so i feel like this is our time for radical recovery It's this time that we're telling the devil enough is enough. Who can say that tonight? Who's just sick and tired of the attack? Wave at me with one hand. If you can say that's enough is enough, devil. Enemy of my purpose, enemy of my new season. Enough is enough. So we're going to sing. Just before I release this in the house, and I'm telling you, there is something from another world about to unlock in this room. Some of you came discouraged. Some of you came under attack. Some of you came under pressure, but God, he's about to lift that off of you. You're going to be glad you didn't go trick-or-treating. You're going to be glad you didn't stay home to pass out candy. Because let me tell you, there's a treat in the house for you tonight. And the treat is breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough 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 how many of you ready to put your hand out there and say God give it here I'm ready I'm ready sing honey
1: I'm gonna see your victory for the battle belong to you Lord I'm gonna see your victory I'm gonna see your victory for the battle
0: generation he's going to heaven but he actually preceded me he was more with our dad's generation his name was Lester Summerall he was a mighty preaching machine an evangelist that evangelized the whole world and there was a night he said that he had been preaching in Africa and he said he had such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit there that people just came to Christ in droves. And he said he got back to the little place where he was staying. It wasn't much more than just a shack, and he was sleeping in a room. And he said he was so exhausted, he was spent physically and spiritually. Everything he could leave, he had left, even emotionally. He said, I felt like I was drained completely out. And the enemy knows when we have moments of weakness, And he said, I was laying there in the bed, and the bed is up against the wall. And he said, suddenly I felt, I saw the curtains blow. And he said, something blew into that room demonic force he said it just he said I felt an eeriness and a, he said I felt a wickedness that came in that room and he said the bed started bouncing he said the bed started bouncing like this and the enemy was tormenting me and he said but I did not even have the wherewithal to be able to do warfare against him I couldn't even speak to him because I was completely I was completely empty of anything I had left it all there and I just laying there and he's tormenting me and said i could feel the wickedness in the room and he said all of a sudden i heard the voice of the lord and the lord said lester he said what's going on lester said lord the devil is shaking the bed and keeping me awake and the lord said lester he said yes lord he said tell the devil i said stop lester said i shouted out devil God said stop the bed stop he said that entity that wickedness that was in the room he said I felt the wind in there again he said I saw the curtains move and that thing just he blew right out of that room and he was gone and then he said, well, now I can get some sleep. The bed's out in the middle of the room. It had been in the corner. He said, now I'm gonna sleep and get some rest. He said, and suddenly the Lord said, hey, Lester. And he said, what, Lord? He said, Dad, tell the devil to get back in here and put this bed back where he got it from. Y'all don't make me shout. He said, devil, you get back in here and you put it back just like it was. The wind blew, the curtains blew up, the enemy came in, pushed the bed in, and ran out. I've come to tell you, it's time to say, devil, you gotta put it back. Put back my joy. Put back my peace. Sing it, I'm gonna see. will be established what does that mean that means sometimes you got to say it before you see it you will decree declare a thing and he said I'll establish it the Bible said that the power of death and life is in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof so I feel like the Lord has me here tonight to just speak radical recovery over your life to impart it to you who's ready to receive it come on the Bible talks time and again about how the Lord spoke the word and they were delivered they were healed in one place he said he spoke the word he spoke and they were healed I believe tonight not because of who I am but because of who I represent that I'm going to speak the word over your life and it's going to come to pass if you're ready for a season of I want it all back and then some a season of radical recovery let me hear you shout real loud come on just say Lord this is me all right hold up your hands i bind every bit of discouragement that has come against your life I come against everything that has tried to make you think that God's not going to turn this season around. I'm speaking to people here and on live stream. I take authority over every demon, over every devil, and over every attack. I bind you, devil, in the mighty name of Jesus because you said in your word, God, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So I bind discouragement, I bind sickness, I bind problems, I bind rebellion. I take authority over it and I loose a new season in your life of breakthrough. I loose a new season in your life of healing. Come on, that's word. I loose a new season in your life of healing, joy and peace. And in Jesus' name, I declare the next 90 days will be marked by radical recovery you receive it, open up your mouth and give God a praise. No, I want you to give God a praise like you believe. All right. Now, I'm going to take us way back. I don't know if y'all still remember how to play it. You want to do it? You know what I'm thinking, don't you? Yeah, I was, I was featured one time on an evangel CD. And I sang the song, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Could y'all go to church with me tonight? just for, I know that's old time church. Are there any church folk in here that remember? Some of y'all remember when I used to sing that around here. I don't know what it is. Jennifer, but I just felt like I wanted to sing that night. I've been preaching nonstop. I I was wore out when I got here, but I'm feeling so good because I felt my help coming on. Come on. And I just feel like telling you, everything's going to be all right. I dare you to tell somebody around you, testify and say, everything's going to be all right. Come on. We're going to get a little 4-4 time up in here. We're going to have a little church time. Tell your neighbors, everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. What key you in? See? You better go back down to F. Come on. uh, Yeah, that's me right there. See, I can't sing that high, but here we go. Well, I gotta feel it. Everything's gonna be alright. Oh, I gotta feel it. Everything's gonna be. of more than enough, a
2: mighty big praise right now. Come on, church. Amen. How many of y'all needed that word tonight? Getting it all back in Jesus' name. Hey, I want to encourage you. We have been imparted to. Now it's our time to impart back into him. Amen. We have received. He imparted into us. And we have the opportunity, the blessed opportunity to impart back into him. I wanna encourage every person to impart back into him and to sow into this word because God is doing phenomenal, phenomenal things. We have all been blessed. And I encourage you not just to tip, but to impart back into a life that is faithful with carrying the good news of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for what you are doing. God, we thank you that you are restoring back to your people all that the enemy has taken. God, we thank you that you are the God of more than enough and that in you we find our strength, we find our all, we find everything that we need. So, Father, as we have received tonight, I pray, Father, that we would take that word, God, that it would sink deep down into our hearts, our lives, God, and it would bear fruit within us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. One more time, give God a shout of praise tonight. Don't forget about our midweek services on Wednesday. God bless you. You are dismissed.